Ladies and gentlemen, yes, it is free agent frenzy day, and I am back with Offside Hockey Talk. And, of course, my co-host, as always, Mr. D4, Dylan Fournier, sitting in beside me right here. It has been a busy day. It has been a busy past few days, to be honest with you, within the hockey world, which is just the way we like it. Plenty of things to break down. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, wouldn't be doing my bit if I did not say we are proudly brought to you by our friends over at Boxing Rock Brewing Co., be sure to check out their Puck Off Lagerdale. It is the absolute big beer for the big game or the big day like today. Melville's guys making their millions of dollars today. Um, Dylan, before we jump into all the different topics we have, you guys probably seen the graphics across social media. Um, what was the big thing that jumped off the page for you today and why? Number one is Johnny Goudreau going to Columbus. Um, why Why Columbus, man? Um I thought all eyes pointed to New Jersey or Philly, and obviously that's just speculation. Everybody does a little bit of, you know, deep diving and wondering, hmm, where's where's somebody going to go? But um, it wasn't about the money. Clearly something – I've heard rumbles that I guess maybe he didn't like uh, Sutter. I guess that could be very true. Um but, you know, I could see Columbus maybe competing in a couple of years, so uh, I don't see why not. And, man, Columbus had a great draft year, so uh, who knows what's in store for that team. But, uh, I mean, Johnny doesn't show up in the playoffs, so uh, he won't <laughs> do anything much for them there. <laughs> Johnny be ghosted in the playoffs right there. Um, listen, obviously there's got to be something in the water in Calgary. He didn't want to stay there. Um, I don't know if it's because he doesn't feel he's going to get enough cookies, um, the notoriety, all the noise. Maybe it's a Canadian market. I mean, how much more quiet can you get than going to the Columbus Blue Jackets away from the noise? Uh, that could play into it. I know one thing, the graphic going around of him shuddering when the uh, the CBJ cannon goes off. I think he's going to have to get used to that. Jeez. But maybe he just didn't want the noise. You know, uh, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't make sense to me, but... Maybe there's something we don't know, right? Behind closed doors, what happens there is not privy to us. And maybe he just was not happy. Or maybe, maybe, guys, maybe he had a conversation with Matthew to Chuck. And Chucky said, hey, I'm not signing here. I'm going to sign my QO and I'm gone too. So yeah. then he's like, well, am I going to sign this deal for eight years, stick around here with my buddy Sean Monahan, and basically maybe just be mediocre? Because, you know, obviously Chucky does drive play too as well. So he's probably like reading the tea leaves and saying guys are probably going to be leaving here. And this is not going to be a spot that I want to be in. Other guys are also aging out as well. So I don't know. Maybe Johnny just looked at the, the tea leaves and said, you know what, I'm splitting town and I'll get my money elsewhere. Yeah, or like uh, I've also thought about this. Like it, maybe, you know, this is a big thing in hockey. Maybe he has some sort of connection to somebody in Columbus, and that, that could just be the thing, you know what I mean? I don't I don't know who their head coach is there. Maybe he taught him or he coached him at BU. I don't, I don't know. I don't know exactly if that's true or not, but, um, yeah, who knows? It, relationships are everything in this, in this league, so uh, – it is. I mean, you know what? With uh, Matt Murray coming to Toronto Maple Leafs, and we'll break that one down in a little bit when we talk about the trades. But same thing for him. You know, with throughout the Leafs organization, there are different members of the staff that have worked with him, some as far back as when he was 10 years old. So, I mean, you know, having familiarity, knowing somebody, having a draw, 
you know, different things like that. You also don't know what they pitched him either in the meeting. No. I mean, we remember when Steven Stamkos was about to become a Toronto Maple Leaf at one point. You know, it was the Canadian Tires. It was all these different companies stepping up to the plate and saying, hey, Stephen, if you sign here, this is what we can give you. Um, yeah. So who knows what happened in Columbus? For me, the move today, it goes back to something that we've talked about before, whether it's in the group chat, how check the six and the six, check them out on TikTok. Um, you know, it's the Vegas Golden Knights trading Max Patch ready for future freaking considerations. Um, blows my mind because look what they gave up to get him. Yep. One, Suzuki, Tatar, you know, et cetera. Yep. What they gave up to get Tatar to put into that deal. Wow. And now they get him for future consideration. I understand you need the cap space and, you know, you want to sign Riley Smith and you want to do all these things. But at the exact same time, for me, it's like, man, how many times does Vegas get to do this? Yeah. Bring in a guy with a name, find a new shiny toy, and send that name back out the door. It's going to end up being old hat soon, and guys are not going to want to go there until there's new management in place. But I know Bill Foley only wants a winner. And that's why I joked, ha, maybe Johnny Gaudreau was going there. That's the holdup. Maybe Kadri's going there. You don't know. Just because they always are in on every single big name. But that's the shocker to me. And I hope Max Patch Ready goes to Carolina and torches it up. Uh, I don't want them to make the playoffs because I don't want the Leafs to have to run into them. But yeah. that's the deal to me. That's what happened today that shocked me the most. Yeah. Oh. You got nothing on that one? Uh, I I looked at what what was turned into him. I I don't think I liked it on Twitter, but basically, like the Vegas Golden Knights are like they're just turning their star players into nothing, and it's kind of upsetting. Like you don't see that too often. And like you said, like it may start to be a place where people don't want to go. And it's just like really bad for a new franchise. Like you see uh, a team like Seattle and they're like, they're like trying to buy in on some of these guys They they could be taking advantage of what Vegas is messing up on. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's like, he's, you know, all in. You know, it is Vegas. You, you either go all in or you, you're not. And it seems like he's just always trying to go all in. And it's hasn't been working. No, it definitely hasn't worked. And, I mean, obviously you could say, well, they made the playoffs. They made it past the first round. They did this. They did that. Yeah, great. Where's the shiny trophy in your trophy case to show that all the things that you've done are the right things to do? They just haven't come to be. Um, but let's break down some of the signings today. Some of the ones that are uh, the most notable ones. Uh, shout out to our boy, Vinny Trocek. Uh, been on the show. Sent him a text as soon as I seen the New York Rangers info came across. Uh, gave me the thumbs up emoji. Um, that's all he could say. I guess he's busy. He was on Sportsnet. He's all over the networks. Uh, shout out to Vinny, though. Um, but, yeah, you look through uh, the Ottawa Senators, man. Um, and I'm not saying this to sound like an asshole, but it's going to come across as that. And ladies and gentlemen, I don't wish ill will on no one, but uh, since the passing of Eugene Melnick, um, this team has looked completely different. It is a breath of fresh air. Um, they're behaving differently. Uh, you got the arena deal coming. It's almost, and I don't want to say this in a negative way, guys, don't jump all over me on Twitter and try to cancel me out for this, but it's almost like a dark cloud has been removed from this team. 
Um, you know, Daniel Alfredson's talking about coming back. He's now going to the Hall of Fame as well. But you bring in guys like Claude Giroux, Alex Debrincat. It's like the wallet is finally open for the Ottawa Senators to go and get actual guys to play with the guys that they drafted and developed. You know, it's amazing to see these things happen. But for me, I know it's the uh, the ghost of the old Claude Giroux and people are saying, oh, he's so slow on Florida. He was broken down. Well, you know what? He's still Claude Giroux and he's still going to put up points and he's not making, you know, nine to $15 million a year. He's making a comfortable, what is it? Six and a half, I think it is. Yeah, six and a half a year. Um, so that's not that bad, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and I joke with uh, John Trache all the time, the PA guy for the Ottawa Senators, that they're going to be a playoff team. I thought they were last year. thought they make some noise. Now they're going to make noise. Now they are legitimately going to make noise. Um, the only thing, the only fly in the ointment for them right now, I think, is the defense. And maybe if you want to say Cam Talbot, if things don't go well for him, you know, we all seen what happened when he was with teams that were not the Minnesota Wild, ladies and gentlemen. And we know how that story ends and what happened to him going from Edmonton to Montreal. I think he made a stop in Nashville and then over to uh, to the Minnesota Wild. So he did bounce around quite a little bit before he found success. Not wishing ill will on the guy, but I'm just saying that and the D in Ottawa might be a problem. But come on, getting Claude Giroux, that's huge. That is absolutely huge. What did you think of the Ottawa Senators' day and and what they were able to pull out of the, the rabbit hat and also trading Connor Brown today as well? Um, Great moves so far. Uh, yes, I am glad the wallet is opening up for Ottawa. It seemed like... Uh, I, I also don't want to put this in a rude way, but it was like it was like they were kind of pinching pennies for a while there in, in Ottawa. And you know what? I, I just looked this up. Claude Giroux had 65 points in 73 games. He's not he's not a wash, man. He's not a wash by any means. And I watched him at the all-star game. Man still has unbelievable hands. He's gonna come in as that veteran presence on this young core and help them so, so much. Oh, for sure. My only problem. And they have a lot of time to, you know, fix things. People are saying that this team is a wagon. Okay, yes, they may be a wagon offensively, but they have zero defense to help their goalie, man. Their one guy is Thomas Shabbat and a... Jake Sanderson, who's coming up from the minors. I really don't know who else on their defense is is, is going to help them out. Kling, I've heard I've heard Klingberg is a name out there, but he's more offensive. Can he really help them defensively? Is my is my take on that? I I just see that as their biggest hole in it. And yes, they could produce offensively. Most likely, you know, I know these kids have only been there a couple of years, but I, I I can see people running or teams running over Ottawa just with their defense alone. You know what? This might be the I'm mean, harking it to the Edmonton Oilers when they were trying to figure out their defense and they had the two shiny uh, Ferraris there in Dreisaitl and McDavid, uh, but they couldn't stop a puck. They couldn't, you know, it was their winning games but it was 8-7, 8-6, you know, and obviously we all know that's not sustainable throughout the playoffs. So um, I'm sure there is a plan in place here. I'm sure there's more to come. 
uh, for the Ottawa Senators. They're obviously making deals and doing different things. So we shall see what happens with them. Um, hang on one second here. We got a, um, a hot tip from someone here. It is named Clark Monroe. Um, if you can fire over the link to Clark there, Dylan, we'll get him in yep. here to talk a little hockey, uh, a little pucky. We'll talk some Toronto Maple Leafs with him. Uh, just fire that over in the chat there. Um, yeah, another thing for me today, I look at a guy like Evander Kane, and he completely changed the narrative on himself today. Um, you know, we all see the money phone pick from back in the day, you know, him flaunting all the cash and, you know, kind of being, let's just say it, the immature guy that he was, you know, but then you see today he takes the deal that he got. Yeah, he still got pretty good pay, but he could have went out to that open market and probably got himself an eight, $8 million payday. I think so, especially the way he produced. And instead, he decided, hey, you know what? I like the Edmonton Oilers. And even in his comments, he said, I want to make sure that there's enough money left so we can go and do more and bring in more to play with on this team. Those are mature comments. Those are things that you're like, all right, this guy, this guy is taking steps to grow as a person and just come along. And I like that. I like what I've seen there. Um it hurts my heart to see the Edmonton Oilers take Jack Campbell and to take Mr. Um, oh, Jack Campbell, Zach Hyman, Cody Cece, Tyson Berry. Go down the list, okay? They, they're the Edmonton Maple Leafs. It's, uh, it's been fun to, to make that joke. But, I mean, I see the graphic going around. Toronto is a great farm system for the, uh, the Edmonton Oilers. Um, we'll see what happens, though. We all know about Campbell and what can happen with him. And what can go wrong and what can go right. And, you know, we've seen it for the past two seasons. He has had two seasons where he is injured and comes in. And, you know, we've had to stop gapping, whether it's Freddie coming back quickly from an injury uh, and then putting himself over the rest of the season, whether it's Eric Shawgren, Joe Wool. You go down the list, there's been guys filling in for Jack Campbell because he's been hurt. I'm not trashing him because now he's out of town. We all know how much I love Jack Campbell. Have his jersey for crying out loud. Thought he'd be a Leaf for a long while. But that being said, he's not the $5 million guy that I think I'd want to pay, to be honest with you. And we beat that drum for a long time. Hang on one second here. See if we can get the man, the myth, the legend it is, Mr. Clark Monroe in here. He's in a car driving. Let's go. Hey, what's up? This is probably illegal. <laughs> Clark, glad it's to have answering. you here, man. I know uh, I, I see you're, I see you're taking every precaution necessary to uh, to drive safely there, so don't worry. There's uh, no laws being broken here. I know a couple officers watching the show right now, which up Liam King, <laughs> Mr. Alberta. Um, Clark, let's get it right into it with the Toronto Maple Leafs here. Um, for you, Leafs Day so far. Leafs Nation is uneasy with what has happened, what has transpired. What do you say and why? Yeah, I think, like, for me, this is like a B-minus day, guys. Like, I think the last couple of days have kind of set the tone that they're changing quite a bit. Obviously, we know this. Um, they've saved money on their goaltending tandem. They've brought in a guy that, let's be honest, a couple of years ago, if, if we would have said Ilya Samsonov was going to be on the Leafs, we would have been dancing in the streets. Like, this is now, has he had a couple of up-and-down years? Yeah, he's a... He's a different player than he was from his rookie year, but at the end of the day, we're getting a guy who, when healthy, has won two Stanley Cups. And a kid, let's be honest, he's only been in the league for three years, um, who has had potential to the point where people were calling him very comparable to Andre Vasilevsky. 
Um, so obviously both of those things have to come to fruition for this to work. I think uh, the goaltending is probably the biggest concern in a lot of Leafs fans' minds right now. Um, and then I, I think that the biggest thing now is just kind of the, the one frustration I've had with today and, and the last couple of days is the Leafs are making decently good depth moves right now, and I think you guys would agree. Obey Kubel is not going to hurt us. Um, Adam Gaudet is a decently cheap center uh, for depth purposes, and everybody's mad that it's not Johnny Goudreau. It's like I, I don't know what everyone's thinking here because we already have our stars signed up. We already have our, our the, the bulk of our roster locked up as Leaf fans, and now we're here complaining that we're getting depth pieces when that's all we need is depth pieces. Um, obviously, the, the salary cap's a bit of a concern um, because we have a couple of holes left and we have to fill those holes. But I'm not too worried about that because we have the guy who wrote the rules on our staff and we have an army of cap wizards doing their thing minute by minute, figuring out how they're going to get under the cap. So I'm not too worried about it. I know that it hasn't been overwhelming, but I'm still giving it in that B- minus to B range because they've, they've kind of kicked off their offseason with a couple of depth moves, uh, and we'll see where it goes from here, guys. Listen, Clark, I'm with you on that 100%, and I look at the goaltending tandem, and I'm not really overly concerned, to be honest with you. It's two guys that have a lot to prove, that want to prove themselves in this league, and here's the other caveat that a lot of people don't talk about. Jack Campbell just signed for five for five. We only have Murray for four, seven for two. So, therefore... You're not locking yourself into a 30-plus-year-old goaltender up until 35, 36. You're doing it for two years and giving yourself a window. With Ilya Samsonov, you're doing it for one year, and if he's good, well, then you obviously sign the bigger extension and have Murray be your backup beyond that at the higher cap rate, or you trade him or ship him out. We've seen the Leafs can get creative and get things done. The, the thing that only troubles me a little bit is, Clark, you missed out on one superstar that we did bring in. Uh, we did bring in Malgin. Okay, uh, man, that's a big name. I mean, Dennis Malgin, come on. Carlo Koliakobo is freaking out about him over on Twitter. Um, you're right. And here's the thing, okay, I watch a lot of Leaf fans right now saying, oh, Austin Matthews, get his plane ticket ready right this second. Why? It's not like he's Connor McDavid on an island a few years ago. He has Mitch Marner. He has Willie Nylander. Morgan Riley, Michael Bunting. I can keep going down the list. He has guys to play with, not to mention guys in the system like Nick Robertson, Matthew Nyes, Toppy Nemolo, Ronnie Hervinen. You can go down the list of guys that might be able to make this roster. So maybe that's something the Leafs are banking on. But our friend David Alter did say that Kyle Dubas told everyone they are not done. They are looking for another depth defenseman, and they are looking for multiple forwards. So... What do the Leafs go after, and what do they do? I know you're big. Tell everybody right now what your big muzzin conspiracy is here. Oh, <laughs> well, the big the big one is that they're going to trade Muzzin to Calgary because he's got a connection to Daryl Sutter and get Matthew Kachuk's RFA rights. Now that's obviously that's that's ridiculous, and I said that mostly in jest, but at the same time, it could happen. Um, but for the most part, like. I'm looking at this as an opportunity for them to bring in a couple of guys that fans really have been clamoring for, the type of player for years. Um, but again, because they're going to mostly be bottom six depth pieces, everyone's going to complain that it's not Andre Pallette. And that's kind of frustrating because a guy like Zach Aston Reese, for example, who is an option, 
Um, he yeah. he was like top 15 in the league in hits last year. I had to look that up, by the way. Um, and he's a guy who's sitting out there who could be an awesome third liner. And if they bring him in, um, that'd be great. Um, I'm parked now, so I can grab my phone here. <laughs> um, but you know, he'd be a, he'd be a really good fit, I think, Zach Aston Reese. But uh, will the fan base even understand that in the moment? I don't know. Uh, there's like, I think there's a bunch of guys out there, like a guy like Nito Niederreiter could be an interesting fit if he comes at the right price. Um, and that all depends again on the salary cap situation and everything like that. And that is where trading a guy like Jake Muzzin going back to that. Um, although it seems a little crazy, uh, on the surface, even if you were to get, uh, even if, even if it was like a Max Pacioretty type of deal, which happened today, I'm sure you guys have gotten to it or you're getting there. Well, we've gotten Um, there already. Yeah. Yeah, where you get future considerations, um, which is nothing essentially. But if you're able to clear 5.6, and that opens up the ability to sign two or three guys at $2 million each or whatever it is, or Rasmus Sandin comes back at a nice price or whatever it happens to be, um, that might have to be the move. And I think that's just the the situation that the Leafs are in with the flat cap and everything. Um, That might be a necessary evil, so to speak, just to – dump a guy like Jake Muzzin, who we probably need, but, you know, they have depth now with Rasmus Sandin maybe ready to step into his in, into that role. So not that they're the same player, but is he good enough to be a second-line def- or second-pair defenseman? He's shown signs of it, so maybe it's time. Yeah, maybe it's time to propel him up the lineup. The, the thing there for two for Rasmus Sandin, Clark, is he's not very happy with the fact that he may be the seventh defenseman. That has been very well known. Uh, the Leafs obviously qualified him, uh, not happy to sign a deal similar similar to Timothy Lilligren. Um, so maybe moving Muzzin out keeps him happy and also keeps him away from wanting to test that arbitration thing next year. Because um, obviously the Leafs will only walk him for a one-year deal, I believe, which will then walk him to Arbright's, I do believe. So well, that is not something you want. You don't want a pissed-off young defenseman with arbitration rights that you want to keep that you're pegging penciling in to be in your top two so that right there could be the move um the other thing that i was thinking if you move hall and kerfoot you get almost the same kind of cap space um but then you can i know guys are going to hate this bargain bin dive and get a dylan strom or somebody a paul stastny uh someone to fill your roster out there on a cheaper rate because you know that's what kyle dubas is waiting for he did it last year he waited till the second day Things cooled off with some guys, was able to circle back and sign some pretty value deals. Um, who would you want him to go after and bring in? We talked Zach Aston Reese, but is there anybody else that really jumps off the page? You're like, hey, this person right here, not a sexy name, but a name that's going to be good come playoff time. Well, Paul Statsny is one that you mentioned. I really like the idea of that because he gives you essentially what Kerfoot can give you in the sense that he's flexible. He can play left wing. He can play center. He can probably play second line for a little stretch if you need him to. Um, and that's the thing with Kerfoot is that I say, I've, I said this earlier. I was on TikTok Live earlier, and somebody asked, why does everybody hate Kerfoot? And I don't think anybody hates Kerfoot. Uh, it's the fact that he's got a contract that is essentially just the most tradable contract on the team. Uh, and when you have a $3.5 million player on the third line, uh, and you could potentially have, like, think about last year, Andre Kasha comes in for 1.25. You could have three Andre Kashas for the price of Alex Kerfoot. 
all of a sudden it's like, oh, maybe we're not maximizing that money and we could have three guys like a Zach Aston Reese or a Paul Statsny or whoever else it happens to be for the price of what Kerfoot's providing. And when you're not putting up 60 points or 70 points as a $3.5 million player, all of a sudden you're kind of expendable because you can probably find somebody to put up 30 to 40 points for less. Um, yeah. So I, I don't have the list in front of me. Um, I would love to like, like go through the list with you guys for like a good stretch of time here, but I'm also probably going to log off here right away. I just wanted to jump in and say hi for the most part, but um, I definitely believe in the Leafs ability to find that style of player. And I'm sure that they have a list of like 20 guys that they'd be totally fine bringing in. And they're just waiting for the dominoes to fall. So, um, I think the next like two or three days is going to be really interesting because to me, especially with the flat cap, I think the second wave of free agency is where some teams are going to win Stanley cups. Uh, you see those, those valuable middle six guys and those valuable third pair defensemen or whatever it happens to be. Uh, and those guys are going to be the ones that turn the tide. And I think last thing I'll say is that there's going to be a, a large number of guys that are hoping to get five to six million bucks that in a day or two, no teams are going to have five to six million bucks that want to give it up and they're going to have to settle for two or whatever it happens to be on a one-year deal. And who will those players be? And I think the Leafs are going to be all over that. I do believe that too. And Clark, just to add to your fact, the Leafs do have the ability like any other team to go 10% over the cap, which is another 8.25 million that they can have in their hip pocket to sign guys and then finagle themselves out. You talked about Brandon Pridham being a cap expert. Well, that's where you'll make your money. And obviously, they have until opening night to get below that cap. So that's money in their pocket. I'm sure it's burning a hole that they can do something with. And then flip something. And who knows? Maybe somebody like Jake Muslin just can't play hockey anymore and has to go on LTIR. These things do happen to guys here and there. You know, Robida Island was a thing. But, Clark, I want to yeah. thank you very much for jumping on. I know I've been all over pestering you to get you here. So thanks for swinging in, buddy. Enjoy the uh, – I think it's a songwriter circle you're heading to. So enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah, my father-in-law is performing tonight at a, at a songwriter's uh, performance night. So well, kind of an open mic situation. So it's just actually behind me here in this brick building behind me. So I'm heading in there right now. So I'll see you guys again, and we'll talk soon. Talk soon, Clarky. Cheers. Take care. All right. There you go. Right. That's Clark Monroe from the Squadcast, formerly the show that he used to host, obviously producer for the Rod Peterson show. Uh, you can check him out doing six and the six things over on TikTok. Uh, follow him everywhere, man. He's good for hockey, good for the Maple Leafs. Uh, positivity oozing out of that guy as well. Um, yeah, so let's just uh, dovetail right into the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'll let you go first, though. Side note, breaking news as Clark was in here. Dylan, or not Dylan, uh, Ryan Strom signed five-year, five-mil with the Ducks, just so you know. Shoo-wee. Well, there you go. Stromy's off the board. Uh, Stromy Homie over there playing now. We'll see what happens. Go beyond there. Sam's still still a free agent as well. Um, will anyone touch him? Sam Steele was people? not offered, right? He was, uh, he was not he was qualified. Not. No team seems to be chasing him down. A young former first-round draft pick. It's a little suspicious, but we'll leave Same that – Tin same foil hat for another day. Who's that? Same as Dylan Strom. I don't think they were on the same team, though. No, not they weren't on the same. I I put this in the chat the other day. I don't think they were in the same spot. Um. So yeah, let's let's uh, dovetail into the Toronto Maple Leafs, and obviously we're a Leaf centric show. 
a lot of the big names, obviously, guys, you've gone through and you've beat the drum and you know what's happened with them. <clears throat> the Toronto Maple Leafs, we just talked about it. They need to shore up their bottom six. Um, I'm sure there are going to be trades. The only thing that, to me, would prevent the Maple Leafs from making a deal and dipping into that 10% is the very fact that Elliot Friedman is very correct. When you need help, teams do not throw you life preservers. They throw you freaking anvils. And if Toronto was over the cap and they need to make a deal and they're hamstrung to do so, you know a team is going to be asking for a pretty damn good return. Um, unless they can unload it like Max Pacioretty, but even still Jake Muzzin for future considerations, it's going to be a hard sell for a lot of squads. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams like we just talked about that are spending that money right now that won't have five to $6 million in their hip pocket to be able to take on a deal. Um, without a bad contract going back the other way. So do we see a buyout with the second buyout window? Um, not a Jake Muzzin, but of a, of a player that might be needed to do so. Um, do we see a package, you know, sending a few guys out? I don't know, but here's the big thing, guys. Leafs Nation, you need to hear this loud and loud and loud and loud and loud and clear. We have a starting goaltender. We have a goaltender that was once dubbed to be the next kind of big thing, and Elias Samsonov. So the net is okay. We will be okay. You look at the actual hard stats, these guys come in with better statistics than Jack Campbell last season, and everybody is beating the drum that Jack Campbell didn't exactly give us barn-burning goaltending last year. It just was that one good month that propped them up. So we're okay in that. Our defense, it's not in shambles. It's not as bad as you all make it out to be. Mark, Mark Riley. Morgan Riley. TJ Brody, Rasmus Sandin will be signed. We know that. You got Timothy Lilligren, Mark Giordano, Jake Muzzin. I'm not sad about that. I'm not sad about that. Why? Because guys will take steps and they will grow their game and become better players. We already seen it with Rasmus Sandin last year before he got injured. If Sandin does not get injured last year, Dylan, Timothy Lilligren is not the talk of the town. 100%. Rasmus Sandin continues to be the talk of the town. And Timothy Lilligren continues to be the guy that we think is not going to be making the Toronto Maple Leafs. All it was was seizing an opportunity. He seized it, played well, played well with Giordano, and yeah. that's what happened. But before that fact, before Rasmus Sandin got hurt, guys, everybody was excited as all hell for what the Sandman can bring. The reason why he had the nickname the Sandman. He was doing that backwards back check hit, knocking guys on their ass, throwing body checks. Didn't care. He was blocking shots. He was being a guy that Leafs Nation loves. And, of course, he goes and gets hurt. And just like anything in life, a new shiny toy came along named Timothy Lilligren, started to play well, and we all said, Rasmus who? So, guys, let's just see what happens. I made the Matt Murray video. I said the same thing. Let's see what happens. Okay? Austin Matthews isn't walking away from the squad just because you got Matt Murray. Matt Murray's got two Stanley Cups. I don't know how many Austin Matthews has got, but zero by the last time I checked. So we'll see what happens. What do you think? What do you feel right now about the Toronto Maple Leafs, what they've done, and what they will still do? Because Kyle Dubas has said he is not done. Uh, the f A full breakdown of the Murray trade is on my TikTok. If you want to, go check that out. But – Shout out D434. Honestly, like, 
I'm a I was at first I was a bit weary. I and I'm still a little upset that Campbell is going, but for five mil, I, I don't think it was worth that. Worth that. I think he's got a couple more years of him being capable of doing what he's what he's been doing, um, and then that contract might look crappy after that. Um, as for defense, I don't know who the guy is. If you're going out and getting depth, like Clark said, you can find those guys that can fill out your lineup on those day three, day four type of free agency. And those are the guys that help win a Stanley cup. I, I think Ian Cole got signed. Maybe, maybe he did not. already. Yeah. Okay. He went to Tampa. Want to hear another thing? Tampa Bay signed Vlad Nemestikov. So Nemestikov is now back in Tampa. In Tampa. Yeah. That's strange. They had a bunch of signings today, even extensions and whatnot, but I, I, with with Lilligren and Sandine, man, you you knew that these two were were being hyped all along as they were going through the AHL and whatnot. So the fact that you know one got injured and the other took advantage of the other one's injury is 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 kind of hilarious in my eyes because we've been debating kind of who's better than who at this point. And, and it just so happens that one got injured and it was like, oh crap. Yeah, we still have this this other guy that can can totally take advantage of this scenario. Um I feel something big might happen. And I, I don't know what that is. Uh, I, I, I I can't. I'm not dubious. I can't tell. I do feel a trade coming. But man, it, it's I don't know. This this team I don't think is done at all. Um we got we got what depth I think we need. I think we need another third sl- third line winger that can either, you know, slot in and out of that that second line. But we need man, a third I, we need a, yeah, we need a third line winger on the left side. But you know if if we find a couple of pieces that are very cheap and we go forward and we we're phenomenal up until the point where, you know, nice can hop in. Maybe that's what we're waiting for, man. Maybe we're just waiting for these young guys to take advantage of this open lineup. And then you got, you got the cheap contracts right there in the rookie in the rookie deals. And you have no problem, man. Look at, look at Colorado. There were a couple of rookies on that team, and they played phenomenal. There was New Hook, there was uh, Bowen Byram, and, and and that's honestly it. It takes those type of contracts to win a championship. So I wouldn't be surprised if somebody like if Nice hops into this lineup, if Robertson can stay healthy. We've said it over and over again. If he, how if many he people can jumped on this show that scout players? over the past couple of weeks and told us that Nick Robertson is a 25 to 30 goal scorer. If he gets the opportunity to be on a regular second line and power play unit, you know, get the minutes. They say that he has the skill to do it. Just hasn't been given the opportunity on a regular basis. Yeah. I like he was in the playoffs uh, this past year, but the year before that, and he did not play terrible. I, I, a goal. I know that 
I, I, I know that the entire team didn't play great, but he didn't play terrible. Um, you know, like, I, I hate how Leafs Nation is just so impatient. It, in, impatience, impatience is like one of my biggest pet peeves. It's just like you are trying to think of all the possible outcomes of, you know, this player and this player and this player being slotted into our lineup because they're good on these teams. But you don't know what the chemistry is here. We have our core who is surrounded. Bring in a few guys that can click with these guys. And that's what you get. You you look at so many Stanley Cup teams and they were patient for so long. And Leafs Nation is not patient. And it's so silly, man. Like, it's... You would swear that we've already not made the playoffs by the way this team has been constructed and the way Leafs Nation has reacted just to free agency. By the way, Clark Monroe, beautiful tweet too. Free agency doesn't end at 345 Eastern. Oh, my God. It's not done, guys. There's lots of players. Hello, Nazem Kadri's still not signed. Lots of guys still not signed. And like we said, second wave will come tomorrow or the next day. And that's when teams can present opportunity to a player like a – like it's just to say a Paul Statsny. Hey, you can come play on our third line. Come play Mm -hmm. on our third line. We'll bump you to second power play unit. Uh, You know, you can go up and down our lineup if you need it. Um, you know, you look at a guy like that, or maybe a guy like, um, you know, Cal Yarncroke comes in, you know, versatile Swiss army knife. Maybe you get him for a cheap price. He's a guy just like Kerfoot who can play left, right, or center. And then you move Kerfoot, get a cheaper deal. You look at the players that are out there. There's lots of guys that the Leafs can go chasing. They just have to wait for the price to come down. Dylan Strom still, uh, still one of them. Ryan Strom signed over in in Anaheim, but Dylan Strom is still available. A guy who put up 48 points last year. So maybe a guy that you can get in there. Or Sonny Milano. Hey, Calvin yep. DeHaan was the guy that I was beating the drum for in a trade last year. There's guys out there that you can get. And this is just the tip of the iceberg here, guys. There's lots of players. Zach Aston Reese is another one, like Clark said. You know, top 10 and hits in the league. So there's That's players big. out there you have to wait for the price to come down. Right. And you have to do the thing you just said. Have a little freaking patience, folks. Uh, I like, I will admit, our one biggest struggle over the last, you know, however many years has been goaltending, and we haven't found, you know, that guy. It is what it is, man. Like, the, Murray, Murray's coming in on a redemption tour. Yeah. He might just, he, he, he Same might thing just, with Sam's going off, man. Both of yeah. them are coming in with a chip on the shoulder and ready to show the world that they're still good goaltenders. Both of them. Man, the, these two goalies shock Leafs Nation and the rest of the league. Those jerseys are going to go all on fire, let me tell you. Um, but, but, like, it's just, just be patient for a little bit. You know, if Matt Murray doesn't work out, you know, there's there's Roby Daw Island still available. You know, we can bring yeah, in. Yeah, listen, they signed Samsonov as a stopgap solution in case something oh. does happen, and we hope that it doesn't. But hey, guess what? Things happen all of the time, so we shall see exactly what goes on. Um, I yeah, we have- I 100 think that Samsonov came in 
knowing that Murray might not play a lot of games that he expects to. So he was like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity for me and him to kind of split games and prove to the coaching staff, prove to this team that, you know, we can do whatever we need to do. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, here's the thing too, right? He's got a lot of motivation here. This was his dad's favorite team, you know, rest his soul. Um, you know, this is something that allowed him to feel more connected to the squad, more connected to his dad still. Also, he knows people within the organization, um, you know, coaches and trainers who go back with him from when he was 10. Um, so those familiarity, those things really do help a person. And I've seen so many people comment on my thing saying, oh, you know, this feel good story, stop a puck. Well, maybe it does. Maybe this is the time the Leafs, you know, just like Michael Bunting, hit a little pay dirt here and turn it on the rest of the league and say, hey, listen, we know what we're doing. Kyle Dubas, obviously, a lot of people give him shit, man. There's things he does that nobody could possibly think were going to happen, and he hits on them. So yep. it is what it is. But yeah. I will give the Leafs free agency. I will give them a, a solid B right now. Uh, you filled out your bottom six with some guys. You're not done. So I can't give you – you know what? Here, I'll do it like this. I'll give it an incomplete until next week because we don't know what the full gist is. We don't know what wave two of McCall Davis is going to do. Um, we don't know if there's any moves going to happen. I'll give them an incomplete right now. Um, they shored up the bottom six. They took care of the net position that everybody said, oh, Kyle Dubas' hands are tied. No way he can get two goaltenders. Well, he did. So shut up. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So here on this show, we are brought to you by Boxing Rock Brewing Coast, Puck Off Lagerdale. We have ourselves the Bearded Blue Warrior by Boxing Rock. It's the Boxing Rock Bearded Blue Warrior segment. I have my blue beard right here. There's one coming to Dylan very soon. He'll have his to wear. Um, this is where we shout out a person within the hockey world that we feel is a warrior for whatever reason we may dub them to be. Uh, for me, I am going to go with the new Maple Leafs goaltender, Matt Murray. Uh, weight of the world on his shoulders right now with Leafs Nation expecting the absolute most from a two-time Stanley Cup winner. Um, but he handled himself beautifully in the press conference. I uh, loved learning about the fact that his dad's favorite team was the Leafs, that they grew up cheering for them, how much it will mean for him to pull on that jersey, how much it will mean for him to be a part of this team, um, and all of those good things that go into it. We all know the struggles that Matt Murray has had over the past couple of years, um, you know, taking time away from teams because of obviously his father passing away um, and how difficult that is. So he gets my bearded blue warrior. Um, I really hope he comes in and plays strong for Leafs Nation. But no matter what, Leafs Nation, right now, you should be behind him 100%. You can hate the trade, but still root for the freaking person. So root for Matt Murray. Um, who's your guy, man? Who's your boxing rock bearded blue warrior this week? It doesn't have to be a Leaf, right? It doesn't have to be. It can be anybody within the hockey world that you think deserves a shout out and deserves a blue beard. I'm going to go with Evander Kane. Uh, this is somebody that has struggled over however many years. And I think over the last year and a bit, this is somebody that has taken a big direction in becoming more mature, uh, trying to put his head back on his shoulders. And somebody that really proved that he can still be a gamer in the playoffs. Um, he, he went back to Edmonton to try and help that team and I 
I give that man a, a, a lot of props. He went through a lot and, you know, filing bankruptcy is something hard, obviously. Obviously, he's getting a bigger paycheck than most people, but um, he turned his life around, and I, I think he deserves uh, the Bearded Blue Warrior for me. There you go. There's your Boxing Rock Bearded Blue Warrior. Be sure to check out Boxing Rock if you get out east. The Puck Off Lagerdale is absolutely delicious, and they are the official sponsor of Offside Hockey Talk. All right, the moment you've been waiting for. The end of the show, we do our pack battles on Tuesday. I got myself a pack here of Series 1. Dylan's got his there as well. So we are going to crack it. The way this works is, obviously, the better prize card usually wins it. But we'll look at who else is in the pack as well and see what we can do. Ooh, nice. All right, all right, all right. First card for me, man who went to Calgary, Mr. Tyler Toffoli. I have new Detroit Red Wing. David Perron. Mr. Perron. I got Milan Lucic. Getting the flames up in here. I got Mr. Charlie Coyle. Ooh. I got uh, Tristan Jari. Nice. Another tendy. I got uh, John Carlson. I got Mr. Kevin Lankinen. Nice. By the way. Another goalie. I got Nick Schmaltz. Of the Coyotes. I got a UD Canvas, Mr. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Ooh, I got Young Gun, Morgan Barron, centerman for the Rangers. I got Adrian Kempe. Nice. Newly signed Adrian Kempe. There we go. I got Jonathan Marshall. I got Nicholas Halmerson, who is now retired. Ooh. I got Ty Smith, New Jersey Devil. You ain't beating this one. I got Charlie McAvoy. Ooh. And I've got Travis Konechny. There you go. TK himself maybe on the way out of Philly, by the way. Never know. Never know. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So those are pack battles. We do it. It's the Upper Deck Series cards. We do them every single week. Be sure to rate which one. Won the pack battle this week. Obviously, last week's is not up yet. I'll put both up uh, in separate posts that we get to those. Um, right now, Dylan is winning the season series by two in the pack Ooh. battles right now. Uh, that's the votes that's gone on. Make sure to cast your vote. Have a little fun. We'll clip it, snip it, and put it up for you. But, hey, ladies and gentlemen, it's UFA Day. Everybody's excited. Everybody's pissed off. Everybody's some sort of emotion today. Let the dust settle. We can't wait for hockey to get back. Phase two is going to be coming through soon for the UFAs, obviously either tomorrow or down the line. Uh, We'll either be back with you on Thursday or next week. We have not decided as of yet. It is the summertime, guys. Summer schedules will start to shake out here where you go a little less with less hockey news coming through. But we appreciate you listening through. Uh, Big audience on uh, Twitter there to start it out. That was pretty cool. Um, Hopefully everybody checks out the episode on the flip side. But, guys. This is Offside Hockey Talk. I'm James, that's Dylan, and this is where hockey comes to talk.